Hey, what's up? Welcome back to Hot Takes. This is episode two. My name is Riley and I'm here with my co-host Elise. Elise, how are you? I am very well, thanks, Riley. How are you? Yeah, I'm pretty well. Um, Where are you today? (laughs) I'm in Adelaide. I'm in my parents' home, the home I grew up in. Um, Had to do a bit of feng shui to get a, a microphone set up and and everything, but we're good to go. We've made the pilgrimage back home for Chrissy and looking forward to some family time. I feel like anytime Adelaide is brought up, I mention this, but I love Adelaide. Like not just for running. I think Adelaide is like very underrated for running. Um, but just as a city, I like it. It's it's like the city itself, pretty flat, good grid system, surrounded by parklands, you're close to the beach, but then you know, you've got the Adelaide Hills and like all this fantastic stuff um, on the outskirts of the city as well. So I reckon it's a very underrated running city. Would you, is that fair? I mean, you're biased, right? Uh, yeah, I, I have to say, I actually haven't done heaps of running here because I sort of started running when I was outside of Adelaide, but um, I am going to try and join the Runners One crew on Sunday, which will be really fun. Um, they've just got something really good going over here. It's crazy. Uh, yeah, it's amazing. So that yeah, that'll be good fun. Credit to them as well. Like I've anytime I'm in Adelaide, I, like which is not that often, but a couple of times a year, I sort of stop in and see what they're doing. And they have so many runners, and like it spans all types and all ages and all abilities and stuff, right? Which I think is really cool. But even just small community elements, like they run through like that main like Vic Park sort of. Oh, is it Vic yeah. Park? I don't know, but they've had their own like signage printed that they put out on the day. So pedestrians know there's runners out and stuff like that. I just think it's like, it's class from them. It's really good. Yeah. Legit. We'll bring back some uh, lessons to uh, Victoria. Well, we'll see. (laughs) Um, Hey, let's jump into the show. We've got a few things to cover off today. I mean, it hasn't been a huge week of running news, but that doesn't mean we don't have much to talk about. It is our last episode before Christmas, so we'll touch on some Christmas stuff as well. But anything stand out to you immediately from the last week? Uh, Yeah, I guess Abu Dhabi Marathon would be one of the key ones and more notably Bridget Cosguy's performance there. (laughs) Yeah, so she won in... It was a 219-ish or something like yeah. that. Um, which is funny nowadays, 219 is just like ah. Slow. No, I'm like, what, was, what was she doing? <laughs> um, she got cramping, I reckon, towards the tail end. No, nah, she didn't. <laughs> but a great, great win for her. But like the the interesting thing for me is it's what, I don't know, six weeks. I haven't done the maths, but it's six weeks after the New York marathon, which she finished fourth there. I mean, it was the, the New York Marathon was a a pretty slow first half for the women, but she still ran a two twenty seven yeah. on a very hilly, very tough course in New York that that sort of beats you up a little bit from what everyone says. So to then come back six weeks later and win in under two twenty in Abu Dhabi, like, yeah, I mean, awesome. I, I I feel like I've got a busy finish to the year trying to cram shit in before I finish work, <laughs> but she's just like just one more marathon. Well, she did. Um, take away a tidy 80,000 USD for her troubles. Um, that was like 50,000 prize money. And then she got the course record as well. So she got a 30 grand bonus, which is pretty sweet. Okay. So 80 grand for that. And I think 
she finished fourth in New York. I think that pays like 25 as well. And I'm sure she would yeah. have got as a like as a major marathon winner, I'm sure she would have got some appearance fee as well. So she's in the last six weeks, she's probably picked up what 120, 130 grand US. Not bad. Not bad. But um she had <laughs> been, I think, injured most of the year. So she's probably back ending the season a little bit there. And also, I mean. If you look at Olympic qualifiers and the marathon team for Kenya, it's probably like the hardest team to get in out of all of them. So posting a time on the board is is pretty smart at, at this stage. I'm mostly interested in like you can have a really nice Christmas one when you've just run a marathon like two weeks out, you know, like you're in that post-marathon glow where you're like, yeah, I don't have to train. And yeah. <laughs> and also when you've got an extra like 120 grand in the bank account at Christmas time, like that could go a long way. That's pretty good. I reckon you'd want her for your Chris Kringle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think she's sticking to the $30 limit for that. No, like, I hope not. <laughs> Stingy <go>. bugger. <laughs> uh hey, speaking of Christmas, what are you doing? Yeah. Did what 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 are your running plans around Christmas? Christmas. Well, I am a big fan of the Christmas Day park run. Um, it's been a bit of a fixture for us for the last few years. So we'll go to the Torrens Park Run in Adelaide. And yeah, my brother Dan does it, my partner Marty and our dog Joey. We just chuck a bit of tinsel around the collar and she's good to go. Um, <laughs> but it's such a nice <laughs> community vibe there. Lots of red and white and green and Santas and all sorts of things. Really good fun. Is that, when you say the Torrens River, I know that's the main river that like mm. flows through the top of Adelaide. Is that where it is? Like that really nice part at the top of Adelaide or is it somewhere else? Yeah, yeah. It's um near the near Adelaide Oval. Yeah, like the, that's so yeah, sick, that area. Adelaide Oval. It's such a beautiful spot. Um, and they get some pretty good crowds down there too. So, yeah, it's 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 really nice and you kind of have this little like sense of achievement and probably to be fair a bit of superiority of over um other family members smugness lunch. yeah smugness big time which we love um <laughs> yeah what do you do uh well i don't quite do that but i do you do hear about like albert park is obviously the big one here uh and you do hear about so many people that go to the albert park park run on christmas day um but that's not I, I won't do that i think christmas day run for me this year i'm kind of trying to stick to my normal schedule so it's a monday mm. so i'll probably go a bit longer because we have the time and you know you don't have to rush off to work and stuff like that uh but christmas day will be pretty chill but i'm doing this thing i don't know if you've seen it i don't know if any listeners have seen it but um launched this thing a couple of days ago called overtime oh and yes so the basic premise of it is that like just having something from Christmas Eve to New Year's Eve, like that period is such a like just a wash, right? Like you don't know what day it is. You don't stick to any of your commitments. <laughs> you eat like garbage every day. You're drinking more than you normally would. You know, like all these things kind of play against you from a running or a fitness perspective or yeah, big time. even just like general health. Um, so yeah, the, the plan of overtime is like just giving you a reason to just like one, stick to your routine over that time, but maybe like challenge yourself to do something kind of special or something extra. Um, 
So I'm going to do that. I'm going to just try and run as much as I can over that whole period, Christmas Eve to New Year's Eve. Like it's eight days. Normally in eight days, I would probably run like 115K, but yeah, I don't know, maybe like 140, 150. I don't know. We'll see. Are you, are you going to put a number on it? Make you um, accountable? <laughs> I reckon I reckon I can commit to 140. I reckon I can commit to 140 in eight days. That's pretty good. So I'll commit Solid. to that. Um, yeah, Christmas Day being a Monday and then Boxing Day is track day. It's a Tuesday. So, um, yeah, I'm hoping to be like, I'm hoping to be fairly in front of my target by Boxing Day and Boxing Day. And then it'll be honestly a limp to the finish and see what happens. Yeah, big time. Are you chasing any Strava mileage to the end of the year as well? Um, I've not been as, I've not been on Strava as much this year which is probably another whole topic but um (laughs) you know and so so this yeah this is a massive divergence but I've always loved Strava and I've always been like really vocal about how much I love it because it really like it's arguably the only positive social media that I have on my phone like I think all other social media can like make people like depressed or angry or you know, mm-hmm. like reinforces like negative behaviors. Whereas I think Strava is like really positive. I generally get inspired when I'm there and it's great to see what my friends are doing. But I just found like I was getting to this point earlier this year where I was comparing myself with other people and yeah, that just didn't serve my training. So anyway, just stopped kind of worrying about it. Like all my stuff still goes on there, but I don't use it. Um, so I've kind of enjoyed that. But I don't actually know what my mileage is for the year. I reckon I'm going to be under what I was last year. I reckon I'll be just under 5,000 Ks. Mm, yeah. That's pretty um, solid though. Yeah, I think so. Like my last three years, I reckon have been all around that 5,000, maybe like five, three during COVID. Um, but yeah, I had I had COVID once this year and I had some other little, I had like the flu in July or something like that. So that's a killer. What about you? Are you chasing a Strava target for the end of the year? Well, Riley, I'm glad you asked because Ooh, I just go. hit mine. <laughs> oh, oh, you're done. You've got two weeks I'm left. done. I'm, I know. I'm going to overachieve this year, which wow. is great. Um, I've, see, I've hit 4,000, but that's the first time I've ever run 4,000 Ks in a year. So this is big for me. And so I'm were you, ta- were you targeting this? Well, I did, you know how you can put in the goals for oh, yeah. on your Strava app? Yeah, I put in 4,000, but I was like, oh, this might happen, it might not, and I don't really care that much. And there was a COVID and all of that jazz, but, yeah, I, I ticked it off, so that's really good. And the the most daunting thing is you get to January 1 and you have a big mountain to climb again. <laughs> it's funny, isn't it, right? Like. You get to January 1 and, you know, if that happens to fall on a, I don't know, whatever, a Monday or something where you've got a low day, you're like, oh, I'm behind already. I know, I know. <laughs> also, actually on that, <clears throat> now that you've hit 4,000, then you so you'll probably end up on like, I don't know, 4,100 or 4,200, whatever it is. Yeah. Do you, because when I first hit like 5,000 or whatever for a year, I instantly was like, oh, shit, now I've got to do more than that next year. Do you you feel that way? Are you like, oh, now next year I've got to do more than 4,000 or are you chill about it? 
Mm, I'm probably thinking I got to do more. Yeah. <laughs> what is wrong with us? We're never happy. Just be <laughs> satisfied. Happy. You hit the goal. You I know. know. <laughs> Always raising that bar that little bit higher. Yeah. Hey, that's a good, that's a good segue for us as well. Oh yeah. I was talking to Brett raising yesterday about our show today and he said, I want to know who your Australian athlete of the year is. Yeah, that's that's tough. Did you tell him it's not him? Did you break the news already? <laughs> I said, Brett, it's not you and it's probably not Joel either. <laughs> oh, no. I was actually going to say it's Joel as a joke. <laughs> Joel's the one who edits his episode. Now he's going to hear that. Oh, oh no. wowee. Cut um, that out, Joel. Yeah, Joel, cut that. Cut that mention yourself. <laughs> Uh, no, no, do you do you have one? Yeah, yeah. I, I did put some thought into this and you really can't look past Jess Hull, I mm. think. Um, she has just been such a delight to watch this year and it's been so great because she, since she got married at the end of last year and left Union Athletics Club, she's been spending a, a lot more time in Australia. So she was around during those early um, track seasons of the year and we actually got to see her in the flesh, which was mm. just so great. Um, but, yeah, I'll, I'll mention a few of her notables because she did have an amazing year. Like, So from running World Cross at, in Bathurst at the start of the year, her leg of that relay team was arguably the best and they ended up winning a bronze medal, which is an amazing achievement. Uh, she came seventh in the 1500-metre final at World Champs in Budapest, which is unreal. And she set some new national records as well. So she set a new national record in the 3,000 metres at Sydney Track Classic. She set a national record in the mile in Monaco. And she also um, broke her own Australian and Oceania record in the 1,500 metres uh, in Florence. So that was the same race that Faith Kip Yegon mm. broke the world record. So that was just an absolutely mental um, race. And there was a moment in the year where Jess Hull had Australian records in the 1500, the mile, the 3000 <laughs> and the 5000. But Lyndon Hall has since taken back the 1500. But I think that's a pretty bloody great year. So well done, Jess Hull. Yeah, that's pretty good. Well, well deserved for our illustrious title of uh, Australian Athlete of the Year as voted by us. Um, she also had a really great summer here at the start of the year, just from a domestic perspective. Um, at Murray Plan, at Sydney Track Classic, at Nationals, like just and and that's no easy feat when you look at the caliber of women who are chasing her, and you know whether it's Lyndon or Abby or you know um, anyone else coming through. So that sort of um, fifteen hundred um, group of Australians is really strong, and the fact that Jess is like pretty consistently at the top of that heap um, said a lot about her. I had a couple of. Um, honorable mentions. Mm, yeah, one, I I know I'm biased because I'm probably too close to it, but I think in terms of like, I don't know whether it's like unexpected performer of the year, but I've been really impressed by Jen this year. Obviously, like, yeah, I got to say when she was lining, well, when she was gearing up for Gold Coast as her first marathon, we hadn't 
seen a lot of her for a while, like in a in a really competitive sense. And speaking with her every week on the Gold Coast Diaries, it just didn't seem like it was going to work out too well for her from a marathon perspective. And her Gold Coast run two twenty eight, very impressive. I didn't think, yeah, honestly, I that I wasn't expecting that. But even then, after that, speaking to you know people who know and people in the sport. You kind of thought, okay, well, that was a really good run, but everything was set up for her. Maybe she could run a 226 somewhere. And then, you know, to to run so well in Valencia, I thought was really impressive. So shout out to Jen. But the other one, speaking of Adelaide and talents from Adelaide, um, Izzy Bat Doyle, really impressive for me. Also, like just the volume. I mean, we've oh, seen yeah. and heard a bit about her training camp volumes and stuff like that, but She's raced three marathons this year, four half marathons, and a bunch of other sort of 10 and 15K road races. So it's a heavy load, but she just loves racing. And I I just admire that. And I think it's fantastic that she's just constantly putting herself out there. So honorable mention to Izzy. Yes, I think both of them are very uh, well-deserving. I think... um... Yeah, if, you, if you're talking about not wanting to compare people on Strava, do not look at Izzy's Strava yeah, because she had some 200K that. weeks in there. If you want to feel shit about yourself, go and look at Izzy Bat Doyle's Strava. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I feel like she's banked so much work this year that, you know, with especially with the marathon too, it's like year on year on year on of work and lifetime mileage and all that stuff. And the work she's put in this year, I think we're going to see some amazing things next year, which is really cool. Yeah, um, I, I I agree. And interestingly, looking at her like looking at her half marathons for the year. So start of the year, she ran in Maragami and ran 109.27. And then um in Gifu, a couple of months later, she runs 110.16. So, you know, 45 seconds away from that. Gold Coast 109.45. So we're still all within this 45-second window. Mm. And then World Champs 110.08. So four half marathons all within about a 45-second thing. Just shows really consistent, really good at getting fit and ready for races. And probably that she's going pretty deep and, like, it's good, honest effort every time. So I really appreciate that about her. The other one who I think is probably a little bit under the radar Kai Robinson over at Stanford. I think the most impressive thing about Kai, obviously he's like on this crazy upward trajectory and um, it will be interesting to to talk a bit more about him in the new year and look at how he tackles, you know, the potential for Paris. But um, did the NCAA double in June in Austin, won the 10,000 metre and then a couple of days later won the 5,000 metre, which is pretty ridiculous. <laughs> Yeah, like I, I literally think it was two days later that he won the 5,000 metre, which is just incredible. Um, so I think that's deserving of a mention as well. And as I say, like he's, he's I was talking to someone about this last night. He's probably one of my picks to make the 5,000 metre team for Paris. It's it's probably him, Jack, and then who knows if Stewie wants to do something like that. I know Rambo's spoken about the 5K. I'm sure Morgan McDonald will be in the mix. So um yeah, that's really exciting. But shout out to Kai as well. Yeah, good one. Um, just on on Jen, I think you made an interesting point there too about just being so bought into Jen's story and her journey with it. And I I feel the same way too. And 
just thinking through names uh, earlier today, I was just like, oh, her name pops up because we've been almost like a part of it. And you've been absolutely at the coal face of it with the, with the, the two series that you've done with her. But I think that's something that we should remember just for ongoing promotion of the sport, getting to know athletes in the sport is that taking people by the hand and actually showing them what it takes to achieve something amazing, Mm. like a 223 of Valencia that, just really wins you so much um, support, I think. And it's just can only be good for athletics. Yeah, you're right. And the great thing about Jen is she she doesn't, she gives you everything, right? When she talks about her week, she talks about the stuff that went really well. She's very open and vulnerable about either stuff that didn't go well or you know, things that she's done that might be counterintuitive to running well. Like she'll say like, oh, shit, we were running late, so I had Maccas for dinner. Like so be it, right? You know, where there's this version of an athlete who might not want to present that side of things because they might want everybody to think that they're the perfect athlete 100% of the time. But Jen's very much just like, yeah, hey, shit, this is what happened. Um, Yeah, and and I think like sharing those things is so important too because – they are doing so much training and actually you need shitloads of calories. So, you know, <laughs> having a thick shake isn't a bad thing. I think it's actually really positive to be to be talking about that sort of stuff. And, you know, there was a whole episode dedicated to acid poo too, which we all appreciated. It was. Um, I think we're going to write that into Jen's next contract for the show <laughs> that we just, that there's, there's just some keywords that we just don't mention. But, um, hey, Riley, can we also... Um, just quickly mention Lisa Waitman as well because Ooh, yes. she had an amazing year too, um, particularly the start of the year with her Osaka marathon, which kind of were after Sinead's run, that sort of set the bar again for the Olympic qualifiers running a 223.15. Um, and she she came 16th in the world champs at Budapest in the marathon too, which was an unreal performance. And I think we touched on it last week, but she did Tokyo like the week after Osaka as well. Yeah, she, the start yeah. of the year, and still yeah. ran a very respectable time. I think. She did, yeah. And if you look at her times from this year and also Berlin last year, I think she'd have three that were in the top yeah. of ten Australian all time. So she's pretty amazing. And I know, I know, she was really upset after Valencia um still ran what did she run 224 or something like that still a really great run but I know she was upset because she felt like it was one that got away she got a bit unwell in the days leading up so crazy that 224 is a bad day for her now so yeah I I I mean I haven't heard much more like from from Lisa's world but I'd be keen to see what she's doing next Mm -hmm. year like one thing about Lisa is she seems to just be able to handle so much volume and so much racing and training. So um, I'm sure she's targeting something um, early in the year. Speaking of uh, speaking of marathons, let's. I don't know where this has come from, but I messaged you about it the other day. I feel like in the last week, I reckon I've had 20 people literally speak to me about the Ballarat Marathon in April. Oh, yeah, Ballarat. I, yeah. So <clears throat> I know it's a new marathon. Mona, Mona oh, yeah. is 
race directing it, from what I understand. Um, yeah. And there's just some hype about it, like a lot of, and I don't know whether it's because, of, you know, maybe it's a knock-on from the Melbourne thing, Melbourne Marathon selling out or, or you know, Gold Coast sold out this year. I'm not sure what it is, but people have been looking for a marathon in the first half of the year. It's one of my biggest gripes with the domestic marathon calendar is Canberra is not really a, a great race experience from what I understand. I haven't raced it, but other than that, you, you kind of got, these really small marathons or you wait until Gold Coast in July, but then that makes it hard to do Gold Coast plus Melbourne or something like that. So I think there's been this appeal for people to have a a domestic marathon, you know, April's a really great time for it. And Ballarat has just come along at the right time and seems to be generating some interest. What do you think? Oh, I think it's great. So it's the end of April for anyone who hasn't heard, but it's legit. Like the courses are all accredited. Um, they've been measured to World Athletics and AIM standards. So anything you run there, you can use for a Boston qualifier or whatever. So wow. that's awesome. Um, there's some really good pacing groups happening. Is there? I see this. Yeah, big smile <laughs> on your face there. Wow. Um. <laughs> um yeah no but they they have put together like there's a 245 pacer I don't I can't name many marathons that have a 245 pacer I am not pacing that group FYI in case you're wondering <laughs> Riley but, okay so for, <laughs> but, for people who do want to enter but they're a bit worried um and they want to be sure there's a good pacer have you got your pace group sorted yet do you know what group you're doing yeah I think I'm going to be with a 315 group right um but I've I've cut a deal with the guy organizing it because I'm actually running a soccer marathon two months before or eight weeks before and I just want to make sure that I pull up okay so he's made a deal and he said that if I'm not feeling good at halfway he'll leave a 345 flag for me to pick up that group on the second lap but there will be two other paces in the 315 group and I think all of the groups have about two or three paces with them. So you'll be in safe hands. Wow. Now, I also, I was looking at the event website uh, last night and I've, so I've got it open today because I'm hearing all this talk about it. I'm like, oh, Ballarat Marathon, really? It, it looks super legit. I'm very like judgmental on like websites and stuff like that, but it looks very <laughs> legit. Um, there's, it, it looks like, and this sounds silly, but it looks like a runner's marathon. Like, when I go and look at the course maps, they've got the total elevation. So for anyone wondering, the marathon has elevation of 136 meters, which is pretty good. It's less than Melbourne and obviously less than uh, a lot less than Sydney. So it's going to be reasonably quick. Not a lot of sharp turns from what I can see. It looks like a pretty good course. It's a double lapper. There's also really good prize money. Prize money, yeah. For, for I can all see events. the dollar signs in your eyes there, Riley. <laughs> 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 yeah, that's right. But there's um, so what I can see, there's a five k on the Saturday. There's literally two grand for winning the five k. Yeah, easy there's, money. There's a mile. There's two grand for winning the mile. Ten k's got prize money. Half marathons got prize money. Marathon, you win the marathon, you get six grand. Yeah, it's pretty good. And there's bonuses if you there's time bonuses as well. Yeah, time bonuses, three grand, up to fifty thousand dollars for the whole festival. They reckon, including so the good. bonuses. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's great. 
I'm like, I'm a little, like, I'm a little bit kind of shell shocked to be honest. Like, it's professional. It's catering to like serious runners. There's good prize money. There's good information on the website. Like, who are these people? I know, and and having Mona and Ballarat, like, it's a special running town as well. Yeah. It's not like a random city or town in Victoria. Like, there's a rich running history there. So I I think it's great. Yeah, I'm I'm excited, and as I say, like I know a bunch of people, and from sort of varying levels of running, um, men and women who have like spoken to me in the last few days and said that they've already signed up or they're running it or whatever. So I think that's really great. And like, look, I don't necessarily think that it's going to be a race where we're going to get people targeting an Olympic qualifying time. However, mm. it is within the window. And there is good prize money as well. So I think it definitely, like if I'm a, if I'm Andy Buchanan, right, who's a self-funded athlete, he's got, he's got one chance now to get a time on the board. He's, he's still a bit injured. So he probably needs time. He, he, he won't get to one of the Japanese marathons in Feb or March, given his kind of timeline. If I'm Andy, I'm saying, okay, well, I could go to Hamburg and put my legs through that stress of long flights and all that sort of shit. Or... Do I go and rent a hotel in Ballarat for a couple of weeks in April and, you know, train there and run the course a few times and then target that for a time? Yeah, for sure. And you could literally make the decision, well, it might sell out actually, but it's, you know, it's a, it's kind of an easy option. Just hop in the car and go, yeah, I like it. Last and, ditch effort. Yeah, and in some ways kind of, especially like if you're, if you're an unsponsored athlete or like a self-funded athlete where you're perhaps not getting travel assistance either from your sponsor or from the race that you're going to run in Europe, like, you know, it's, it can be a lot of cash, right? It's a hard dream to chase. Whereas potentially you get good paces, you get potential for prize money, you're in your same time zone, you sleep in your own bed or whatever it is. Like, I think it'd be pretty attractive for a lot of people. So very exciting. If you are looking for a marathon, next year put Ballarat on your list good put yes 315 join me in group. the 315 group <laughs> <laughs> hey uh one last one I wanted to touch on you know I've seen like just a couple of things lately that I'm kind of just excited about for running in general not necessarily because they like tick boxes for me but um two things actually New Nike Alpha Flies, I think the Alpha Fly Ooh. 3 um, drops, I think, first week of Jan. So if it's anything like the last couple of, like, Alpha Fly or Vapor Fly releases, I'm sure that initial drop will be hard to get, but it does look like more retailers are getting them. Like, in previous first hype releases have been Nike.com only, but it looks like some running stores around the world are getting stock. So I know that's going to be really exciting for a lot of um, running nerds. In December, January, is that is that something that you'll be like keeping an eye out for at least the Alpha Fly threes? Oh yeah, I would love to keep an eye on those, especially with <laughs> um, the marathon coming up. I know. Yeah, well, that's the thing. I don't know if will Australia get them in in January though. That's the thing, and and I reckon you need to train in them a bit. I've got the twos at the moment, mm. um, but uh, yeah, I would definitely be keeping my eyes and ears to the ground for that 
are you uh, are you someone who's like very much on top of wanting to try new shoes or like especially race shoes or what like are you are you kind of tuned into that whole thing of like oh what's coming out do I want to try this or not mm, I do love a pair of new shoes but since like going back to uni <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've had to put the reins on that a little bit. Um, yeah, so I, all of my shoes will be running 1,000 kilometres. Um, <laughs> that's not that's not true quite. <laughs> but, um, yeah, yeah. No, I, I mean, I think we've all got way too many shoes, basically, we do. is what I'm trying to say. I'm guilty yeah. of that. How about yes. you with the super shoes? Are you, like, onto it? Oh. You know, I used to be, obviously, like, I used to work at Tempo and a lot of a lot of my role there was like literally brands would fly you. You know, I've been on a bunch of trips to Nike HQ in Portland for the release of a new shoe and you'd spend a week there and they'd tell you all about the shoe and you'd take photos and write about it and off you went. So I kind of was definitely in that world for a while. I'm less into it now. Like there's, I think there's less scarcity and less urgency now. Like, mm, true. you know, the Vaporfly 3 when that came out, I don't know, earlier this year, I was like, yeah, cool, looks interesting. I only got my first pair of them maybe a month ago because I just was like, I don't really need it yet. Um, so I don't know. Like, I'm curious, and I'm sure I'll get some Alpha Fly threes at some point. But I'm not like, gotta have it right now. Whereas I, I definitely used to be. <laughs> this the scarcity thing's funny. Oh, at the post long run, sort of, um, we had a bit of a, a Christmas lunch on Sunday which is nice but we're talking about seeing alpha flies in the wild like people going for walks to the shops yeah. and alpha flies and people who are maybe not runners but um wearing just like a golf top with their alpha flies and we talked about starting a insta account so if anyone wants to do that we were like we could call it alpha fly boys and then you just take photos of alpha flies in the wild, doing things yeah. that alpha flies should not be doing. <laughs> alpha flies in the wild. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, look, so if anyone out there, if you do see that, tag Elise. She would love DM her, post it publicly, all that DM stuff. DM me. Yeah. Or send me your photos. That'd be great. Yeah. Of alpha content. flies, not of anything else. <laughs> all right. Let's move on. Um, the last thing I wanted to mention, because He's a, a really good guy. He's a good sport and he's a friend of the show. Tim Vincent, who obviously had a really great run at the Kobe Marathon, what was that, a month ago, around about? Um, it looks like he's picked up a new sponsor. I'm going to butcher, I don't know, is it LSKD? I don't really, it's not, oh, yeah. I don't know. I think it's like a real um, CrossFit sort of gym brand. Anyway, it looks like they're getting into running because they've, they've signed Tim Vincent by the look of it. I saw it on tim's instagram he's a really great guy so it's good to see he's also probably previously been a self-funded athlete so it's great to see him getting some support it's come right at the right time he's obviously just run that really good time in kobe and i'm sure he'll be looking for something else next year so i think always good to see new brands coming into the sport but also leading by supporting elite runners i think is like a really good story as well yeah, I'd love to see that. And also love to see what Tim Vincent does next year too off the back of that. Yeah. Definitely. I feel like we've we've been waiting for like someone new to enter the the marathon chat for the guys, right? So like yeah, yeah. he's in there now. So I think that's really cool. Yeah, for sure. Hey, we might leave it there. 
Um, this is our last episode before Christmas where I'm sorry to everybody, but we're not going to record on Christmas day or boxing day. We're going <laughs> to let Elise have the week off over there in Adelaide. Well, I but... was committed, but Riley didn't want to. <laughs> <laughs> it's, actually, it's actually true. I need a break. Um, but we'll be back for the first week in January with a few predictions for the year ahead and things that we're kind of excited about or looking out for. So, Look out for that one. In the meantime, if you want to send us any questions or any topics or anything like that that you want us to cover, you can do that through all the usual channels. You can chuck it in the Patreon messages. You can send it through Instagram. You can hit up Elise when you send her those Alpha Fly photos. You can hit me up, uh, anything that works for you. And I think finally, like just to all our Patreon supporters, just thanks again. I know I say this at the end of every episode, but it, it's it's very genuine that like you're the reason we can make these shows and you're kind of the reason we want to make these shows. Most of our conversations start with like, how do we give more value to Patreon? So hope you're enjoying it. Thank you for your support. We'll see you next year. And Elise, have a great Christmas. I hope you win Parkrun. I'm sure you will. Um, oh. let, us, let us know how it goes. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, yeah. Burn off a few grandmas and stuff. You know. That's what it's all about. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> the Christmas spirit. Um, you have a good Chrissy too, and we'll see you on the other side. Good luck with the 150. Thanks. I got this. I know I do. Bye.